I V M. Welcome to the Equity Sahiya podcast with Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. This podcast will delve into the investment insights and philosophies of Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company and speak about the frameworks used by them to assess various sectors for investment. Folks, welcome to the show. My guest today is Srinath Mithanthaya, Senior Vice President at Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. Now, Last week, we spoke about the wealth creation studies, those very detailed reports that Motilal Swal does on the wealth creation topic, which is itself a very, very deep topic because there are a lot of ideas, a lot of themes that create wealth. In that episode, we spoke about the theme of value migration. Now, that's going to be the topic of today's episode, value migration. Srinath, welcome back to the Equity Sahaja podcast. Thank you so much for doing this for us. This is a really interesting topic, right? So you had mentioned it in our last recording and in our last episode. So let's start from the origin of the concept, right? So, you know, what exactly is value migration, number one? And how is it different from, say, something like value creation? Value migration was first introduced by an American consultant by the name Adrian Slavitsky. In a book he wrote way back in 1995. This book, uh, our chairman Ramdev Agarwal came, came across through his uh, voracious reading habits. What he found that it's a very powerful concept, but maybe the book has got relegated to the management sphere because he was a management consultant. That book never got applied to the sphere of, in the area of investing. Correct. But uh, Ramdev Agarwal found it very powerful and he was probably the first one and maybe even now the only one to implement that concept in a big way in investing. Mm. So what is value migration? It's a absolutely simple and amazingly powerful concept. So what it says is value and value defined as profits and hence market capitalization. Value migrates from old business design to a new business design. Uh, what we call an outmoded business design to a new business design, which better fulfills customers needs and priorities. So this concept is as simple as this one line. After that, it's all examples and what happens actually. And uh, it is applicable across regions, across geographies across sectors. Okay, so it's it's a absolutely universally applicable principle. So let's look at some examples, both globally and in India. Maybe if, if, if you can just take a step back and explain the difference, you know, between value creation, like first uh, to understand how value migrates. Right. Maybe we can first uh, look at how value is created and yeah, yeah. then how it shifts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, so basically, we see only two sources of value which covers the entire uh, value chain or we can say everything related to value. Hmm. The first is value creation and the second is value migration. Okay. So what is value creation? Value creation is a concept when there is a product innovation and value gets created for the first time. So call it a TV, a fridge, uh, banking, uh, travel services. So any service or product which is a hitherto unmet need when that comes into being, value gets created for the first time. So that is value creation. So value migration is different from value creation. Sure. Value creation creates a whole fresh pool of profits. Whereas value migration migrates that pool of profits to another new business design, which meets uh, customers needs better. Okay. So that's the basic difference between value creation and value migration. Understood. Yeah. 
So I so, think now we can get into the specific examples so that the listeners can actually understand how this has played out in yeah. the past, uh, and that also specifically from a company and a sector perspective. Let's right. let's let's delve into that right now. Yeah. So let's get into both value creation as well as value migration through examples. Sure. So let's look at value creation in communication, for example. There was a time when there were no phones, okay, and hence no value in the telephone telecom uh, business. Hmm. And then came the landline phones. And uh, over the years, value got created in the space of telephony. Mm. Okay. And along with uh, the basic uh, telephone service providers came ancillary industries like cables, then telephone exchanges. So all of that also began to create profits and hence value. So a profit pool got created in the whole landline uh, space. Mm. But then that business design had its own limitations. Okay. People had to have access to a phone, Hmm. typically at home or office. And once outside home or outside office, uh, communication was really difficult. So there emerged the business design even to address this. So you had what what we call this public phone booths. So you could go to a public phone booth and uh, call, make calls when you're outside home and office. Hmm. But even these public phone booths had their limitations. There could be a queue there. Okay, you need to have change on your person (laughs) to, to make those calls. So there were limitations, but still it worked. And the profit pool continued for quite some time. And then comes along a new business design completely, which causes the value of these profit pool to migrate. And that business design is wireless telecom. So what is the new business design and what was the old business design? The old business design is the user went to the phone. And the simple new business design is the phone went with the user. Correct. So that changed the whole dynamics of communication in business. And value migrated from the fixed line telephony to the wireless telephony. And then again, value migrated not only to the service providers, but also to all the ancillary industries like they did uh, in the value creation process. Mm. Even during the value migration process, all the ancillary industries to wireless telephony, the telecom towers, okay, optic fiber companies, all of them began to make money. So this is the theoretical part. What does it translate into actual numbers? Let's look at that with examples. In India, MTNL and BSNL were the main fixed line uh, service providers. So let's take MTNL as an example. How value migrates actually. And value, just to remind uh, listeners, value means profits and market cap. Mm. So just look at the numbers. In 2000-2001, about 20 years back, MTNL had peak profits of 1500 crores. Mm. Okay. About 20 years later, in the just completed year financial March, ending March 2019, MTNL actually reported a loss of almost 3,400 crores. Wow. So from a profit of 1,500 crores, a loss of 3,400 crores. Value destruction. That is value migration. Yeah. Value destruction for the sector from which value migrates and value enhancement in the sector into which uh, value inflows. Which in our case is mobile. Which in in our case is mobile. Correct. So we just talked of uh, profits. Right. From a profit of 1500 crores to a loss of 3400 crores. What happens to market cap? Because we are saying value is both profits and market cap. So in March 2002, MTNL had a peak market cap of 9000 crores. Mm -hmm. Now it is down to less than 600 crores. Oh, wow. So value migration both in terms of profits followed by market cap. Yes. So that's a value outflow sector. Fixed line telephony is a value outflow sector. Now let's look at what happens to the value migration beneficiary sector, which Mm. is the value inflow sector. Mm. 
So let's take the example of Bharti Airtel, the classic icon of uh, mobile telephony. Mobile telephony. Yeah. So in 2002-2003, yeah. Bharti actually reported a loss of 180 crores because it was in the formation stage. The Correct. business was just coming into, and there would be a lo- lot of fixed costs, fixed costs, and a uh, lot of capex and all of that. Yes. So in 2002-3, the company actually reported a loss of 180 crores. Yeah. And then just in five years. the profit went up to as high as 9000 crores wow so from a loss of 180 crores to a profit of 9000 crores which was like mtnl speak market cap at that point absolutely absolutely wow. okay then that was profits hmm. look at what happened to market cap from 7000 crores market cap when it was a loss of 180 crores market saw the potential and hence gave it a market cap even then of 7000 crores correct but from 7000 crores in 8 years The market cap came to one lakh twenty thousand crores. Wow! So that's twenty times almost. Yeah. My God. That's the power of value migration. Sure. We saw MTNL. What happened to MTNL? Profit to loss. Market cap going down by almost ninety percent. Hmm. And here, market cap going up by almost twenty times. Yeah. So readers may ask, what happens to profits of Bharti after that? Yeah. After that, there was competition, and Bharti itself went to Africa and all that. So profits have since declined. Yes. But during the full value migration phase that's what happened to mtnl and that's what happened to bharti yeah. i mean talking about value migration out here of course sector dynamics and why profits go up and down and all that are a different topic altogether right sure okay so that was one example but then we have to also prove that this concept works across sectors yes so let's take one more example this time banking mm-hmm. okay as we know all the banks got nationalized in 1969 and since then all the value in banking got primarily created in the Public sector bank space. Hmm. So, as we said, for value migration to happen, first the value needs to be created by somebody. Hmm. Okay. So, all the PSU banks created enough value in banking. Then, in the early 1980s, the government embarked on a policy of liberalisation and invited private sector banks into banking. Hmm. Okay. So, these banks came up with services which the old public sector banks never offered. Hmm. So, the main things was ATMs. Okay. Net banking, phone banking. all of this was completely new for the uh, indian public which means it was actually a new design business design yeah. and as we says the trigger for value migration is a new business design yes so what was the old design and what is the new design the old design is simple the customer went to the bank okay that's the old design the new design is absolutely the opposite the bank came to the customer sure and bank that created the value migration so again let's look at numbers here the total public sector banks went from a profit of 32000 crores mm-hmm. okay in the last 10 years i mean 10 years ago yes to a loss of 55000 crores in year ended march 2019 wow so from a profit of 32000 crores to a loss of 55000 crores that's the kind of value outflow which that sector has seen yes and compare this with what happens to the value beneficiary sector hmm. in 10 years private banks have trebled their profits from 11000 crores to 33000 crores wow so what happened in telecom happened in banking also mm. and this value migration happens sector after sector we can we can go into too many examples but <laughs> these two suffice yeah, yeah. that to say the power of power of value migration okay great so shrinath like you spoke about the profits for the telecom sector how we compared fixed line and and mobile do you have the data for uh, market cap in the banking sector that we just spoke about tell us right. about that yeah so what happened to profits gets reflected in market cap as well So private banks market cap in the last 10 years is up 14 times from 1 lakh 16000 crores to a whopping 17 lakh crores. Wow. 
Okay. Huge. Yeah. So that's profits up 14 times. And compared to that, public sector banks market cap is up only four times. Okay. So that's the huge difference between uh, value outflow sectors and value inflow sectors. Okay. Understood. Right. So, Srinath, let's get into, you know, the types of value migration out here because you just spoke about how uh, within, say, the telecom sector, value moved from fixed line to mobile. Yeah. Then you spoke about the banking sector, how uh, value moved from PSU banks to private banks. So, can you just tell our listeners, what are the, you know, the maybe one, two or three major types of value migration? Yeah, so having understood the concept, we've applied our own mind to the concept of value migration yes. and come up with uh, further granularities to, you know, facilitate analysis. So we see three major types of uh, value migration. The most common is within a given sector. So as we said, telecom value migrated from fixed line to wireless. Mm. In banking, value migrated from uh, PSU banks to private banks. So that is within a sector, which is the most common form of value migration. Because as we said, it's a new business design, which meets the needs of customers. Yes. So customers for the sector remain the same. It's just that a new business design comes along and uh, serves the needs better. So, value migration within a sector is the most common form of value migration. But then there are other forms as well. Slightly rare. So, value migration from one sector to another. The classic example here is uh, steel. So, increasingly, value is migrating from the steel sector. First, to a competing metal, say aluminium, which is lighter and has better properties but even to a completely different sector, which is plastics. So the whole metal space, in fact, is seeing value migration to plastics. Mm. So that is value migration across sectors, not within the same sector. So um, steel, metals are losing value in favor of uh, plastics. Okay. So that is the second type from one sector to another. And the third is that value can migrate even from one country or one geographic region to another. Wow, that would be interesting. So that is, uh, again, even more uh, maybe uh, rare than across sectors Mm. because it has to be only in specific cases because rarely does value migrate from one country to another. That's that's not common. Okay. But uh, we'll need examples for that also. Sure. So the key examples from the Indian perspective is what happened with Indian IT and... uh, the pharma sectors. Correct. So value migrated from the developed countries to developing and emerging countries like India. Sure. So India today is a major supplier of IT worldwide and same is the case with the pharma. Hmm. The other example not concerning India could be how all the manufacturing value Hmm. has migrated from the developed countries to China. Correct. So China is today the manufacturing hub of the world. World, So that is where value has migrated from the developing country, from developed countries to China. Sure. So these are one or two or two or three relatively specific cases okay. of value migration across geographies. But these are the three uh, major types of value migration that we see. Okay. Within the sector, across sectors and across geographies. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I think, you know, you can see you've got uh, some few other examples that can make our, you know, that would help our listeners to understand this better. I, I think, you know, for example, from say in the case of autos, how within two wheelers say uh, from how people move from scooters to motorcycles. Yeah, two-wheelers is perhaps the most uh, intriguing value migration example Mm. because even what we call the reverse value migration has happened there. So it all started with the four-stroke motorcycles which came in. Mm. uh, The Heroes, the TVS, Suzuki's and the uh, Yamaha's. Yes. So value migrated from the age-old Bajaj Chetak to the four-stroke, more fuel-efficient, faster 
better bike correct say of a hero splendor so that was one level of value migration and today we don't have chetak anymore yes. and it's all motorcycles all the way but then the reverse started how value migrated from motorcycles back to the scooters so again it was a superior product design honda came up with the activa and then slowly all value started migrating from motorcycles to scooters why so again the value proposition of the activa was simple the new business design what we talk of it was a uni gender product actually motorcycle is a predominantly male product mm. and the activa is a completely uni gender product so with the superior design you needed one two wheeler for a family which could be used by the male of the family by the females of the family as well correct so again value is migrating currently even now from motorcycles back to scooters, scooters. yes okay so automobiles is a very interesting example and you can see value migration all around if we have the antenna for that <laughs> so you need the framework first and then you can see examples all around yeah. take aviation for example aviation it's an example both globally and in india uh, value is migrating continuously from full service and airlines mm. to the no frills or the low cost airlines yeah. because uh, people use airlines mainly to reach from place a to place b in time whether you give them food and whether the food is good or hot all those are secondary so as soon as uh, you come up with a new business design of a no frills airline it meets perfectly meets the customers need from going from place a to place b on time fastest mm. so people don't want to pay extra for the food and all the other facilities which full service airlines needs to provide by virtue of its business design yes so value migrated globally from full service airline to low, low cost, cost low yeah. cost airline yeah. and the examples can continue take insurance for example Insurance in India is also following the banking footsteps. Actually, LIC was the behemoth hmm. of uh, insurance, but along come the private sector insurance, and value is beginning to migrate from LIC to the private sector. Again, new offerings, uh, better customer service, and all of that. Yes. So a new business design altogether. Take jewelry. People only went to the family jeweler, like they went to the family doctor. Okay, the jeweler met all the needs. but slowly there was a suspicion am i actually getting the gold which is being promised and there was no way to kind of verify that but then come uh, one or two jewelers who call what is called the hallmark jewelry correct so there is a guarantee that this is this gold is of a particular promised purity if it's 22 carat 24 carat or whatever so as soon as this hallmark gold came into being it was a new business design hmm. which again offered a superior value proposition so all the value migrated or not all the value migrated i'm saying it's an ongoing process yes. value continues to migrate from the unorganized small jewelers to the organized uh, organized jewelers yes kind of the same thing that you're seeing happening in retail also from individual mom and pop shops to modern format or whatever i think it's called large format retail perfect okay so that's happening in movies it's happening from single screens to multiplexes okay so i'm saying if you just have your eyes and ears open hmm you will see examples everywhere mm. because value doesn't stay actually it continuously keeps on moving and typically the movement is from outmoded business designs to new business designs and we are in the era of where new business designs keep coming and uh, the value migration will keep on happening and even uh, you can say the what we think is value migration maybe there is one step ahead of that for example we are talking of retailing value migrating from mom and pop shops to the large format retail who knows tomorrow much of the retail may even migrate from the large format shops to online online correct, online yeah. it's already happening amazon yeah. is the largest retailer retailer perhaps uh, in the world in the world yeah 
So we never know where value will migrate next, which next business design uh, serves the customer better. Sure. So I will say to understand this, right? I mean, now we are in the last part of the of the episode, right? And I hear you, you know, mentioned antenna, observe, very, uh, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Right. So if I'm an investor and I want to play this entire value migration theme, and why wouldn't I? Right? It seems to be quite lucrative. Seems to be paying off for a lot of uh, people for towards whom the value is migrating. Right. So last question: How should investors play value migration? So why be on the lookout for value migration? What is in it? So the most important thing that value migration does is for the value beneficiary sectors, it creates a huge runway of growth because significant value has already been created. Now all that needs to be done is simply get it migrated from one picture to the other picture. So that process goes on for a long, long time. Hence, uh, investors need to be look out on the lookout for value migration ideas. In India specifically, what we see is that process is not over. What we've just shown as examples are continuing examples actually. So even for a long time to come, as we said, there's a long runway ahead for value beneficiary sectors. So value continues to migrate from public sector to private sector across businesses. So banking, insurance, capital goods, value com- continues to migrate from public sector to private sector. Mm-hmm. From developed countries to India, again, value continues to migrate. I mean, IT companies have become big, but still there is room to even become bigger. Okay. Because uh, no way the Indian costs can be matched by the developed world. So all the digital, smack, cloud, all of that will continue to come to Indian companies. Okay. Again, in pharma also, the chemistry skills and the cost which India offers, mm. very few developed countries can offer. And hence, value will continue to migrate in the pharma space also to India. Mm. From unorganized to organized, another theme which runs across sectors, jewelry, banking, retailing, footwear, everywhere uh, value continues to migrate. And then from steel to plastic, that's also an ongoing kind of a value migration theme. So all the value migration themes which we discussed are still on. Okay. So, and then obviously there will be new ones. So basically, investors need to be on the lookout for innovative products, yes. which can trigger uh, this value migration. As important as it is to invest in the value beneficiary sectors, mm. it is equally important to exit from the value outflow sectors because otherwise there will be massive loss of uh, profits and market cap there. Correct. So in conclusion, uh, a bit tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> Okay. what we can say is the best play to play value migration mm. is to invest in Motilal Dosal AMC. Okay. Because over all these years, we've mastered the art and science of value migration. Okay. So that's how uh, I would put it to investors finally. Folks, and on that note, that you should stick with the professionals for your investment needs. If you're looking out to know more about value migration, we just spoke about this topic on this episode of Equity Sai Hai, brought to you by Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. My guest, Srinath Mithanthaya, Senior VP at Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. If you want to know more, check out the website. They've even got a report out there on this topic. And that is a wrap on this episode. Shina, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Anupam. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc., etc. It's all content and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. 
we're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now but rather the wider stuff about advertising media content and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it tune in every tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising i'm varun dugirala co-founder and content chief at the glitch and this is my new podcast advertising is dead think fast if i tell you i'm parsi what's the first thing that comes to mind dhansak i don't blame you My name is Pozen Patel. You may know me as the Bavi Bride. Though I run a popular Parsi food blog, the truth is I didn't know anything about Parsi food until I got married. It was just my luck. He turned out to be your typical sadralega wearing, kawab khari eating Parsi boy. And the only thing I knew was dhansak, or rather, how to eat it. But there's more to Parsi food than dhansak, and there is more to us than our obsession with eggs and our legendary Rani cafes. Welcome to Not Just Dhansak. A fresh new show where I talk to friends, fellow bavas, and Parsi entrepreneurs about all things Bhonu. A little bit of history, a dash of bava madness, and a lot of food talk. There's more to Parsis than meets the eye, and there's certainly more to us than dhansak. Join me every Tuesday as I talk to some of my favorite Parsis in the food space in India and beyond. I am the Bavi Bride, and this is not just dhansak.